Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host, and I'm so honored by your wise decision to invest in yourself by joining us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have folks who help others build their businesses. And on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who love having your own hands on the levers as you market and grow your business. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Also, be sure to subscribe. We have over 120 episodes, and fresh content is added every single week. Here on Business Creators Radio Show, we have a lot of topics on marketing, social media, copywriting, all that stuff you need to do in terms of marketing the business. But as the Business Creators Radio Show is part of the Business Creators Institute, we go a lot deeper. We look at some of the functions of the business and what it really needs, what it really takes from the inside to make things successful, whether it's your own inner game, whether it's the internal workings of your business and the internal workings of your body, because a healthy entrepreneur is a prosperous entrepreneur. And for that reason today, I'm especially excited to introduce a very unique topic to Business Creators Radio Show called Ayurveda in the Modern World. Now, if you don't know the meaning of the word Ayurveda, fear not because it will be defined for you shortly. We're going to be discussing the importance of raising your energy, how to sleep better, how to get things done when you feel so overwhelmed how to eat healthy when you're always on the go like so many entrepreneurs are, and how to fit exercise into an already incredibly busy schedule as most of our business creators have. And to share, with that, to share that with us today, I'm just so excited about this, I can't help it, is Dr. Michelle Summers Cologne. Now, Michelle, Dr. Michelle, as I love to call her, and you'll love to call her as well, is a holistic podiatrist, Ayurved- Ayurvedic specialist, and yoga health coach in the greater Los Angeles area. Dr. Michelle is also an author and creator of Body Wisdom, 10 Weeks of Transformation So You Can Get and Feel Healthy Again. It's a program which combines the best of Eastern and Western medicine. Dr. Michelle found Ayurveda and yoga to be the keys to health on her own personal health journey. Dr. Michelle, welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. We extend our greetings and our namaste. Thank you, Adam. I'm excited to be here. Our listeners who are devoted to our show have probably heard of Dr. Michelle before. Several months ago, in fact, I believe it was during the summer of 2015, if memory serves, we had as one of our previous guests a woman named Sarah Greer, who shared with us on storytelling to story selling, which was a great interview. And Dr. Michelle's name came up on that interview several times. In fact, we made a comment that Dr. Michelle's ears might have been burning. And lo and behold, if I remember correctly, you did complain that same day of severe earaches or something along those lines. Do you remember anything like that? (laughs) I do. (laughs) 
Right. So what I'd like to do here, before we get into the topic of what we want to cover today, I read off your very impressive biography, but just tell us a little bit about what has passionately brought you to this intersection, what you're sharing today. Well, as you mentioned, I'm a holistic podiatrist in L.A., and I've been practicing medicine there for 18 years, believe it or not. And somewhere along the journey, about halfway through, I started having my own health issues, and I was treating it the best way I knew how, going to the best specialist, and I was not getting better. Um, I was told to take this prescription or that prescription or have surgery, and I just knew intuitively that that wasn't the right thing for me. So I started looking into different forms of holistic medicine, and that's when I found Ayurveda and yoga. And I started researching it and working with an Ayurvedic specialist, and I started getting healthier. I started feeling better, and I wasn't feeling sick anymore. Once I saw that that was the key to my own health, I started studying it and getting certified in my own training so that I can incorporate that into my own practice and help my patients and clients with their health in a more holistic way. That's fantastic. And I've, you know, in the course of our year of working together, uh, I've certainly learned a lot from you. And I'll share some of those tidbits as we go along, particularly on the side of my own nutrition and some things that were mysterious to me until you pointed out what was basically right in front of me. And I look forward to you sharing with our listeners some of that as well. There is one question we ask everybody who comes on the Business Creators Radio Show, and you can hear the drumbeat in the distance. Here it is. On the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement and gain success except for time and money. Now, this is a question we ask everybody who appears on our show, and what I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted by our guests. So how do time and money impact what you're going to share with us today? Well, time is a big one because a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about today, um, the, first, the first excuse that people say when they hear some of these um, pieces of advice are, I don't have enough time to do that. How am I going to fit that into my schedule? And what I'm going to share with you is actually going to show you how just a couple minutes a day with several of these techniques, you're going to be able to fit them into your schedule and you're not even going to realize that you're, you're adding anything in. It's going to actually flow so much better. And the, where money comes in is when you do these things and you're more energetic and you're sleeping better, you're actually going to be more productive. And a more productive business owner means more money at the end of the day. These are all very true things. And I found myself that when I let my diet, my exercise fall by the wayside, I find myself lagging in business. But when I start paying more attention to those things, the success, the energy all tends to come back. Also paying very close attention to my supplement regimen makes a big impact when it comes to my moods, my energy, and my brain function. So this is something that I'm very much in tune in and have been so for the past three years. Today we're going to discuss things, as I said, like energy, uh, how we get better sleep, how we deal with overwhelm, how to eat healthy, and how to fit exercise into a busy schedule, which you've just alluded to. So we're going to take each of those five areas in turn. Now let's start at the very top. Dr. Michelle, how can I raise my energy when I'm so busy and exhausted at the end of the day? 
Well, this one really has to do with your diet, believe it or not. So what happens is we're, we're eating in these modern times, we're eating in a different schedule than our body was originally planned for us to do. So we're not eating at the optimum times of day and we're not eating the right types of foods. So the best way to raise your energy is to start with your diet and I don't mean going on a diet. I just mean changing your times and, your, and some of the foods that you're eating. So let's say you're eating dinner at 8 o'clock every day. So what you want to do is start changing your dinner time by about 15 minutes each day. So the next day you're going to eat at 7.45. The next day you're going to eat at 7.30 until you can get it down to 6 o'clock. Now, if 6 o'clock is impossible because of your schedule, then we want to at least aim for 7 o'clock. So that's what we're going to aim for. And what that does is, this kind of gets into the next question about sleep, but what it does is it allows your body when you're sleeping to just focus on sleep and repair and rejuvenation um, rather than digestion. So when we eat really late, let's say 8 or 9 o'clock, um, when we go to bed, all of our energy is being used to digest that food that's in our stomach instead of repairing cells, rejuvenating cells, and giving us energy for the next day. So in order to have really great energy the following day. We have to start today, and we have to start with our food. This reminds me of something. About 10 years ago, a dear friend of mine who unfortunately has passed on, I remember he, in basically six months, lost about 60 pounds. And this was an older gentleman. He was about 65 years old, and he uh, uh, already had a lot of health issues. He had suffered two strokes, the second of which had severely impaired his brain function, particularly his short-term memory, and had some impact on his mobility. And about a year later, he actually had an aneurysm and died shortly thereafter. But during this period in his life, he achieved a level of physical fitness that he had not otherwise known in years. And the way he did it was very simply, and this had been recommended to him, to eat a big meal at one o'clock and he could have whatever he wanted. But other than that, he had a light snack for breakfast and a light snack for dinner and that was it. So he may have in his own yeah. way without even knowing what you're sharing with us been onto something. And that was the secret to his weight loss. He didn't feel he had to give up any foods. In fact, his lunches became things of legend. Uh, I mean, he he went all out, but that that's what he said. He he got to he got to eat whatever he wanted for lunch. He he went all out. He didn't count calories. He didn't worry about uh, like nutritional requirements or things like that. He went all out for lunch, but that was really his only meal of the day, and he achieved success. Now, between you and I, he probably could have done even better had he been paying attention to his caloric and other intake intake measures during his lunch, but just showing right there, a guy who just haphazardly did it and openly admitted that he, for lack of a better word, pigged out at lunch and managed to lose 65 pounds, and that was the only change he made, shows the power of what you're sharing with us here. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he was on the right track of, of having that meal in the middle of the day being his main meal of the day and eating a light breakfast and a light dinner. And like I said, we've been so used to gathering at the end of the day with our families and eating our biggest meal and social time for dinner. But we can still do that, but just eat it earlier and eat it lighter. So having soup or salad or a combination of soup and salad for dinner and having a light breakfast, like um, juicing or having um, something that's not really heavy in the morning and just putting the main focus of calories in our lunchtime meal will go a long way with a lot of people. 
between the example of my friend and what I've learned from you just studying what you teach, I've gotten to the point where I actually schedule a lunch hour. That's so rare for entrepreneurs, but I schedule a lunch hour because I take it very, very seriously. And I find that even if I go later into the evening or I have evening plans or whatever, I don't have a huge need for dinner. And my energy is fine. My brain is working good. And everything's going pretty much in my favor. I also learned, because uh, I used to, for my big lunch, I'd have maybe one or two different varieties of soup. And then I found myself getting really tired. So you pointed on to something else too, which is that if you have, you have to look at certain types of foods you eat and there are different body types, which I'll ask you about next, uh, that for me, having soup in the middle of the day was actually a very bad thing. But if I use that for dinner, then it really helps me to wind down, which is great. So before we get on to the sleep part, uh, you've told me that there are different Ayurvedic body types. If you could just tell our audience a little bit about that and why we need to be concerned about it. Yeah, so Ayurveda, which translates to the science of life, is actually our oldest form of medicine that we have documented. It comes from India, and basically what it does is look at everyone's individual body and individual body types to come up with a meal plan and use its food as medicine. Um, so with the body types, there are three main body types. And I know you and I have talked about this before. So the three body types are called vata, pitta, and kapha. And so the vata type is someone that is a little bit thinner, a little bit um, lighter, weight, lighter weight, and they might they might get disturbed by um, the cold weather, so their, their hands and feet tend to be cold. The pitta type is a little bit of the opposite. They tend to run hot. They're a little bit more sweaty and hotter, and um, they have more of a muscular build, and they also their temperament also tends to be a little bit hotter, so they get irritated really quick. Um, and then the third type, the kapha type, they tend to be the type that is a little bit heavier set. They gain weight easily. Um, they have a harder time losing weight. And they tend to not really like to exercise that much. They're just kind of happy just to lay around and relax. So those are the three main body types. And what that does is it really helps um, focus on the types of foods that would be good for each body type and the types of exercise that would help with each body type as well. I'm kind of the third body type, although I do have an element of the second, which is things tend to irritate me more than they might another person, which is part of the reason why I'm considered unemployable. I, I can't go into a workplace and look around and see a bunch of crap going around and not comment on it. And, uh, and things tend to disgust me and annoy me. In fact, I take a dietary supplement that works with my moods to help me be more equilibrial. So it's not a matter of an attitude adjustment sometimes as much as it's an adjustment in your diet and your exercise style and knowing what works best for you, which is one of the great lessons I picked up from your teachings. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say that because we can have one, uh, one type that's really clear for our body and one type that's really clear for our mind. So you even identified your body is more one type and your mind is more another type. And I think that's true for a lot of people. And you can also be a combination. You could be 50-50 or you could be a little bit more one way and maybe 75% of one type and 25% of another, which is how I am. Right. Now, one of the entrepreneurial dilemmas that many of our business creators face is 
creativity does not come on a nine to five schedule and your brain getting going doesn't always work uh, between the hours of 8.30 and 4.30 minus that 30 minutes for lunch minus the two 15 minute breaks and those periods during the day we're on our phone we're on the other line or away from our desk. Uh, part of the entrepreneurial dilemma is that brainstorms and large amounts of creativity tend to happen sometimes at night. I, I find this myself when I get really excited about a project or something we're doing with the Institute, I will find myself after sometimes having that old Chinese melody of dragon ass pretty much all day long, find myself later in the evening thinking, boy, you know, it's really time for me to start winding down here. I got to get to bed or I'm going to lose half of tomorrow. But that's when my creativity just goes full bore. Sometimes that's good, and you just ride it, and you get a great success. But other times, it's really not the best type of mental energy to have. So when your mind is busy racing at night, what can we do to get to bed? Well, it's so interesting that you say that, because there are actually, just like there are the three body types, there's actually three types of the day, of when you look at the hours of the day. So in the morning, it's more of, the um, the kapha type that I was saying, it's more like people are sleepier, they're just waking up. And then in the middle of the day, it's more of the pitta type. That would be the pitta time of day. So from 10 to 2 is where um, people's minds are, are at their strongest. They're more, um, they're, that's when cre- creativity, just like our digestion, can be at its peak. And then at the vata time of day would be at the end of the day when people are supposed to really be winding down. So what happens is when people stay up too late, um, the, they'll, they'll end up in that creativity part um, because those three time, types of day that I just described during the day also happen again at night. So if you're awake during that time where that creativity is getting um, is spiking again, then your mind starts going and you actually get kind of like a second wind. So what we want to do is we don't want to actually be awake when that time of day hits. So that's from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. So what we aim for in Ayurveda is to be, to be in, asleep in bed at 10 o'clock. Again, that seems really, really early, just like the dinner time for a lot of people. And we don't expect people to go from like a midnight bedtime to a 10 o'clock bedtime in one day. It's a very gradual process. But as you're working on that process to try to go to bed at a little bit earlier time, the other thing that we recommend is shutting down our phones and our computers and all of our electronics an hour before bedtime. So even if you are going to bed at midnight, because that's what your, what your schedule is like right now, you want to start shutting everything down at 11. So that hour between 11 and 12 is when you're going to have kind of like your nighttime routine that you're going to do every night, whether it's taking a hot shower, taking a bath, um, having a cup of herbal tea, something that's going to get your mind thinking, okay, it's nighttime, I'm going to go to sleep soon, I'm going to wind down, this is my routine. Once you start doing it on a daily basis, your body will catch up and your mind will, will not start racing as much. That I, I discovered that when I came out to Las Vegas uh, with, in 2013 because we're right on the eastern edge of the Pacific time zone, so the day, like the sunrise, tends to happen earlier here. I mean, we can have full sunlight at 6 o'clock in the morning, but even during the summer months, usually by 8 o'clock, it's dark. So the climate around here supports that. And when I first moved out, I found it surprisingly easy to get to sleep at night and to wake up earlier in the morning. 
So uh, this is a very interesting topic I'd like to explore a little bit further. Now, you mentioned that shutting down your electronics, getting rid of those types of stimulations, which have been proven to have an impact on our energy use and gain and loss, uh, and having a nighttime routine, uh, what are some other things we can do with our sleep environment that will really help support this whole thing of Ayurveda in the modern world? Because the modern world is a 24-7 world. Yeah, well, definitely not having those things in our room to, to um, distract us, like not having bright lights shining in our bedroom windows, so keeping it really dark. I know one of our other friends, Dr. Carey, recommends people keeping it pitch black in their room, even if they have to wear an eye mask at night. That's going to help block out that light because you really want to be sleeping when it's dark because the way we were built was um, before electricity was around, um, we rose when the sun came up and we went to bed when the sun went down because it was dark and that's what we had to do. So that's what our body wants to do. We're just so busy doing everything else that we're not listening to it. So that's where we really want to start listening to our body's own wisdom and do, getting back into the natural rhythms. Right. Uh, when I moved into my current apartment, I was specific that I wanted a west-facing unit because I want the sunlight coming in in the afternoon when I'm at my peak. And I have been very, I've been, I've been very diligent about my my bedroom. For instance, there's there's the way my apartment is set up, and I have to have the people come in and do this. Is for some reason the only jack for the internet is in the master bedroom, which means the modem has to be in there, and all the external hard drives have to be in there, and all the external hard drives have little lights that blink. Uh, I discovered mm. that the more data that's on the hard drives, the more they blink. So a couple months ago, I went through a procedure, and this was actually based on Dr. Carey's advice. And we're referring to Dr. Carey Drizga, who's also been on Business Creators Radio Show about entrepreneurial fatigue, uh, to dump a lot of the data so the lights wouldn't blink as much. And that helped because it made the room a lot darker. I also have a blackout curtain because my apartment is one of those ones where you have multiple doors onto the balcony. And one of the big sliding doors is off the master bedroom, which is a nice feature to have. And uh, during the summer months, if I decide I want to amble on outside, I can do it right from the master bedroom, which is great. But otherwise, I have a blackout curtain on that bad boy so that I keep, I keep it dark in there even during the day. Yeah, and I know that a lot of these things sound like um, really basic or common sense, but the fact that people aren't doing them, you know, is why we're talking about these things today and why it's really become um, – I don't know if crisis is the right word, but it's definitely become a cycle in a lot of people's lives that they're not doing these things and they're suffering with low energy and having to rely on caffeine and energy drinks and things to get through the day when they could just make these little changes in their daily routine and they'll start seeing the different effects without having to rely on, on these different chemicals. Yeah, five hour, a five-hour energy drink is also a prescription for a 10-hour crash, so I stay away from that type of stuff. I don't <laughs> drink coffee. I brew my own iced tea because uh, I was raised on iced tea. When we were growing up, my, my parents would not give us soda pop except for special occasions, uh, but they brewed a lot of tea, and that's just what I was acclimated to. Uh, I mean, I'll be, I'll be at social gatherings. Everybody else has an alcoholic drink, and I'll have my glass of iced tea, and they'll say, come on, man, have a drink. I lift up my iced tea, take a sip, and I'll say, just had a drink. <laughs> <laughs> good so, job, Adam. <laughs> right. So, so we're laying a good foundation here in what we're talking about, um, how to look at our Ayur Ayurvedic body types and how to look at 
when we have our meals, when we do our sleep, and we're already laying a foundation for greater success and greater management of our natural and creative energies. So that aside, we are in a 24-7 society, and businesses really don't run 9 to 5 anymore. We're past the Industrial Revolution in many cases, and we don't live by go to work at 8, leave at 4.30, go home, have dinner, sit in front of the TV for two hours, take a walk around the neighborhood, go to sleep and do it all over again. It just really isn't quite that way, especially with entrepreneurs. I mean, the big joke about entrepreneurs is we work 80 hours a week, so we don't have to have a 40-hour-a-week job. How do we get it all done? So overwhelming. Well, this is one where we're going to start our day off on the right foot. So we're actually going to take a few minutes in the morning before we get out of bed, before we get started and jumping up right away into our activities. And we're going to take a two minutes. That's what I recommend to get started. And while you're still laying in bed, before you even get up, do some deep breathing and actually connect with your intention for the day. So this is just going to get you in the zone of I'm going to have an easy day, I'm going to get everything done, and it actually gets your mind in in the right frame of reference for having an easy day. When you just get up and you don't even think, you're you're already kind of starting off in that like frantic mode. So we do that for two minutes. We get up and we start with our water. That's the next thing we do. We want to hydrate ourselves because we want to get everything moving in our body. We want to do all of this before we even eat. So the way that I make sure that I get everything done is by starting my morning routine off on the right foot, getting my breathing exercises, getting my water, and then that's when I move into my exercise. So everything is just, you know, layered on top of each other so that we can have an easy day. They, the, the old expression, you woke up on the right side of the bed or you woke up on the right, the wrong side of the bed, that's kind of where all this call comes from. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. That's truism, but it really is based on how you start your day. And if you get out of bed on the wrong footing, you will stumble through your day. And I, I love what you say about creating the intention the first couple minutes of the day before you even wake up. Like I have certain rituals that I do in the morning. I do a lot of what you just described. In fact, I learned some of it from you. And another thing I do is I make sure to make time to take a shower for as long as I need. Uh, Water restrictions be damned. Send me a bill. I don't care. But I have found that uh, we want to talk about water, and I want to get your thoughts on this too. I found that uh, being in the shower stimulates my brain. Is there anything to that? There definitely is for some people, and especially you identifying with that particular body type, water is one of the main elements, so that makes a lot of sense for you. For some other people, it it probably wouldn't make sense, but it makes a lot of sense for you. For me, because of my particular body type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I, you connect more with water, and other people might connect more with the heat and the sun and need to be outside and need to, like, go for a run or whatever to get there their creativity going and for you the water has that same effect which is part of the reason i moved to las vegas because a greater percentage of the year is swimming weather 
There you go. Which is also why, which is also why I picked a place that has a 24-hour swimming pool. And the moment they close that pool down for anything, even if it's just routine maintenance, I'm in their office within 30 seconds wanting to know when the pool's open again. Because part of my nighttime ritual after the electronics go down is when it's warm enough, I'll go and jump in the water for a little bit. And I find that's really relaxing. I can come back up here and clunk right out. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, so I make that work for me. Another part of my morning rituals after I get out of the shower, for some reason, my cats want to hang around me. Uh, Sandra will get up on the tall dresser, and that's really the only time of day she meows to get my attention. And so I'll pet her for a little bit, and then Stella will want to, to wrestle a little bit and things like that. And it's just part of the ritual with me and my cats is after Daddy gets out of the shower, it's, uh, you know, uh, you know we're all going to hang out for a little bit. So they, they wait outside until I'm done, and I get dressed, and then Sandra gets up on the dresser, Stella gets on the bed, and they compete for my attention. So it's another thing, uh, getting, in, you know, getting in tune with that and spending time with my girls here is also very beneficial. Now, you also have cats. Do they play a role in your energy or anything like that? Well, I think they they have the same routine that your cats have. Um, as soon as I get up and take my shower and I come downstairs, they're they're right there, ready to be petted and ready to be fed, and it's just part of the morning routine. So, yep. Yeah, it, it little things like that we may take for granted is our pets can support us in our routines as well. Uh, Another part of the 24-7 syndrome and the entrepreneurial dilemma where we work 80 hours a week to avoid a 40-hour-a-week job is we, we spoke a little bit about making time to have a good lunch and the balance of our meals during the day. But let's say you're always on the go. Uh, you said yourself that some folks just can't have a 6 o'clock dinner because they're going to be in traffic or from an entrepreneur's perspective, they may have a client thing right at 6 o'clock. They just can't do it. So how do they continue to have a healthy eating lifestyle when they're always on the go? Well, this, this ties in with the last one we were talking about with the morning routine. So if you already kind of know your schedule and you're going to be seeing clients or you're going to be busy during normal meal times and you're not going to be able to cook yourself a nice dinner at the normal dinner time, um, what you want to do is you want to prep all your food in the morning for that day. So um, this is something that I, I know a lot of moms talk about this and maybe they might prep for the week, but I just take it one day at a time and I'm going to prep all my food that I need for that day for myself and for my um, daughter. And if I know that I'm going to be, let's say traveling, I'm going to be at an airport or something, then I'm going to look for um, the healthiest food I can. And one of the tricks that um, one of my doctors taught me was to look for an Asian restaurant because you can almost always find an Asian restaurant and have miso soup. Because I was complaining that when I'm traveling, I have a hard time finding what I'm what I really need, and so I'll I'll get miso soup if I'm out on the road and I can't you know have my own food prepared. But that's the best way to do it, so that you know you're going to have your your light breakfast, your light dinner, and your big lunch is just getting everything ready ahead of time. Oh, that's tough. I mean, you go to a lot of seminars and conferences. In fact, we met at Jim Palmer's Dream Business Academy, which is a three-day seminar. I go to events mm -hmm. myself, 
and that's oh that's rough i mean you can be in that conference room for 10 hours and uh it's it's great to say well yeah i'm gonna have dinner at six o'clock but hey they still have two more pitch fests for you to sit through um <laughs> or you can say yeah i want i want a big lunch but then everybody's going to lunch and your choice is you can wait in line for that one overpriced restaurant in the hotel where the event is being held and might not even get seated until 10 minutes before it's time to be back in the room and then they're going to come ringing her bell saying get back in here uh or you can go off campus so to speak and maybe find a nice little asian place but the problem is is now you have travel time with that 90 minutes they gave you before you have to be back in the room for the next whatever it is so yeah that's that's rough for the entrepreneur yeah that's that's a little tougher when you're at a, a conference like that with short um, time, short time frames to eat. And it's funny that you mentioned that conference where we met because I brought a bunch of food with me <laughs> in my carry-on. I had a bunch of foods packed, and my roommate she was laughing at me because I kept pulling out all these Tupperware containers <laughs> of different foods. She's like, "How much food did you bring with you?" And I said, "Well, I know I'm going to need this, and I know I'm going to need that, and I had all my little things laid out." Um, so you, it's definitely doable, but you know, there are, there are um, restrictions when you're at certain things like that. You just have to do the best you can when, when you can. I, I, found, that, I found that too. Uh, one, another reason I moved to Las Vegas is because I go to a lot of events here and also in San Diego and Los Angeles. So when I go to San Diego or Los Angeles, that's a very easy drive. Uh, it's, it's five hours on the 15th through San Bernardino and such. It's mostly in the desert. I'll create my own meals before I go and take them with me, and that covers like two-thirds of it right there. Yeah, that's, and that's what I do too. So, um, But in terms of like an everyday plan when you're at your own house, um, definitely prepping your food that morning. You, some people like to prep it the night before. Um, I prefer to prep it in the morning because I just feel like I'm going to really know what I want to eat that day when I get up. But either way, if you can prep it the night before or prep it in the morning, that goes such a long way because when it's already there and it's ready, you get home and you're hungry, bam, you can just open it up and eat it right there. But if you have to sit and think, oh, what am I going to make for dinner? It's already 5.30. You know, then it's too tempting at that point to just grab something unhealthy like junk food or fast food. Right. Yeah. Uh, like you were talking about morning routines, uh, I my morning doesn't start until I've had my my hemp protein chocolate smoothie with a banana in it. That's uh, just what I do for breakfast. <laughs> uh, so when I travel, I have like one of these little portable blenders and I bring some of the protein with me. And all I have to do is find locally the ice and the banana. So it's relatively easy to do. Another thing about my morning routine and this flies in the, or maybe it doesn't. Uh, let me watch my language here. Uh, it flies in the face of a lot of the conventional wisdom that we're told that maybe you're going to tell me otherwise. Uh, when I add uh, an everything-style bagel with peanut butter to that mix, it has a huge impact, a positive impact on my energy, where if I don't get my everything bagel with peanut butter on it, I suffer for it. Yeah, that actually does make a lot of sense um, because we we don't really have a lot of time to get into a lot of details about the food. But another principle of Ayurveda is in terms of the f different tastes of food. So in Ayurveda, there's six different tastes from wow. salty, sweet, sour, bitter, pungent, astringent. And what Ayurveda really, really believes is that if you have the right balance of all of those 
um, different tastes in your meal, then you're not going to have cravings later. So this has a lot to do with people having sugar cravings and cravings for certain things after they've eaten. So, you know, sometimes you go out and you see someone eat a really big meal, or maybe, you know, we have done this, eating a really big meal. So we're definitely not hungry. Like we can't be hungry. We're super full. But then five, 10 minutes later, we're still craving a piece of chocolate or something sweet because we didn't have the right balance of taste in that actual meal. Maybe it was too salty. Maybe it was too sour, whatever. And we're missing a little bit of sweetness. That's why when you go to certain restaurants, like let's say an Indian restaurant, there's always chutney or some type of little um, condiment on the side. Um, Even when you're having Asian food, they'll have the ginger and the wasabi. So these ancient cultures really knew what they were doing when they balanced their food flavors. You have just a little bit of that sweetness and that taste is satisfied in your body and you don't have a craving for sugar. So that's why when you get your everything bagel and it has the protein, it has the peanut butter, it's a little bit sweet, you kind of have like all those tastes in that one meal and you feel completely satisfied. Right. There is no other type of bagel, not a plain, not a sesame, not, uh, well, I mean, you know, given that I'm vegan, my options for bagels are pretty limited. Uh, but I mean, you know, between those two and the everything, those are my choices. Uh, and, I, and I'm very careful about those, too. I look for natural ingredients. I look for the type of bagels that don't have bird feathers in them, uh, which is another one of the dirty little secrets. You have to be real careful about the ingredients of your bagels because you might be eating bird feathers if you don't know what to look for. So I'm very cautious about these things. But between my protein shake and uh, the everything bagel with the peanut butter on it, it makes a lot of sense because my protein shake, even though it has the banana and everything in it, it's really not all that sweet. It's really, I don't want to say bland, but, you know, sweet is not the first thought I have about it. It's very delicious, and I, I crave it every morning, but, you know, sweet is not the that. But then when you add that, all those everything seasonings, which means you get a little bit of everything, that's a very sweet experience. I guess you put the two together, and that makes me a good breakfast. So it makes sense now that you explain it that way. Yeah. Because other people are going to say, don't have the bagel. That's very bad for you. You shouldn't have that gluten, but it helps me. Yeah, well, you're not sensitive to gluten. So, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy about gluten and eating gluten and not eating gluten. But if you're not sensitive to gluten, there's nothing wrong with you having it. But if you are sensitive to it, that's when you get into trouble. Okay. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and what we're going to learn more from you as time goes on is just how to pay attention to your your body types and other things of that nature because somebody comes out with a, a fad diet that may fly right in the face of what's really going to work for you or going to one of these and I'm not going to mention any names but I think we all know what we're talking about these companies that are in the diet industry where they sell you the foods and they put you on the plan and things like that. And I've never been to one of those. Maybe they do do some sort of assessment, but I haven't heard a whole lot about Ayurvedic assessments or anything like that where they look at who you are as an individual. Uh, My sense of those is they kind of lean on truisms and try and put you in a box. Yeah, I agree with you to a certain point. It's it's more about they focus more on the calories rather than um, the actual person. Yeah, yeah. I learned a long time ago that counting calories is probably about the ninth or tenth thing you should really be concerned about when it comes to dietary and, and energetic balance. 
So let's go to the fifth part of this, as we're about two-thirds of the way through here. And this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, including me sometimes when things get really busy, is exercise. Uh, how are we going to fit exercise into this 24-7 schedule? I mean, we can't even pick our own dinner time, it seems like. So how are we going to exercise? Well, this is one that I also struggled with um, in the beginning, but this is one that I think everybody can do. So the goal is to have 20 minutes of exercise daily. But before anyone starts saying that, there's no way they can fit that into their schedule. Um, the way we start the, the patients and the clients out is starting out with two minutes. And so we do this right after that morning routine that we talked about after we take our breathing and drink our water and go to the bathroom. So between that and before we have our breakfast, we squeeze two minutes of exercise in. And what I have them do is really something really, really basic, like jogging in place for two minutes or jumping jacks for two minutes. Anything that they can do that they're moving their body and they feel themselves breathing for two minutes. And then once they've done that for a couple of days, it seems a little silly, like, okay, what's this two minutes really doing for me? Well, what it's doing is it's getting you, in you, it's getting you into the habit of exercising. And once you've done the two minutes for a couple of days, we're going to move you up to four minutes. Now, four minutes is uh, you can actually break a little sweat there if you're jogging in place or doing jumping jacks. And then from there, we move up to six to eight to ten minutes like that until we've actually gotten to the place where you're really looking forward to it because now you recognize that the days that you do it, your energy is higher, you feel lighter, you feel more um, like you're breathing better, you just feel better overall. So that will little by little start getting people into the 20-minute range, which is what we aim for. So now what we're talking about is building habits. That's right. Right. Uh many different theories. I want to hear yours. How long does it really take to build an action habit? Like let's say you want to intentionally create a habit for your life. Well, yeah, there's, I've heard so many different theories on this. I've heard the 21 days and I've heard the 66 days. Um, I think in terms of what we're talking about now, it's, it's really when you feel the changes, then you want to start doing it. That's when you're going to actually build that habit. So I would give it at least the three weeks, if not longer. Right. So at least three weeks. Uh, I tend to subscribe to 30 days. I found that if I can commit to something for 30 days, that I can get very successful with it, and it just becomes part of who I am and what I do. Uh, I've heard some of the other theories as well, but for me, 30 days seems to be roughly the baseline. If I make it that far, I've pretty much made it as far as I'm going to need to go, and it just becomes part of what, part of what I'm doing here. Uh, I mean, uh, now, in terms of inspiration when it comes to exercise, uh, you know, that moment that yeah, – I, I heard somebody say that that moment when you least want to work out is the precise moment you absolutely need to. Like when you feel too tired to do it is when you really need to, to exercise. Like let's say you come off a long day and uh, you know, you, you know, your 6 o'clock dinner and everything else and all the other stuff we're talking about. And let's say it was a stressful day, like everything just went to heck in your business and back. Uh, and really what you want to do is you just want to be lazy. Is that the best time to exercise? <laughs> Well, I think the best time to exercise is in the morning. But okay. what you're saying is also true because when you're stressed out and you're too much in your head, 
what you want to do now is get into your body. So you want to, that's going to give your head a rest. So if you're really stressed or upset or, you know, just having a rough day, that's when you do want to do, do something with your body where you want to move oxygen and into your lungs and really get some, some movement going. And that's going to release a lot of tension that you have in your head and a lot of the stress and a lot of the thinking that's going on, that's going to move down into movement. And so that's actually really true. What you're saying is those are excellent times to exercise. Okay. So let me just make sure I capture this. Uh, there's, and it sounds like an energetic thing, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I just want to repeat this, if you're too much in your head and that's not a good thing for you, maybe a good way to adjust that is to go into your body and vice versa. So if you're too much in your body, like you're feeling physically worn down, a way to get energy is now to go back into your creative thinking process. Am I, am I stating that correctly? Yeah, you're saying it right. Oh, so, okay, so this is why we have to do victory laps after we have a big success, or if we get really pissed off, we have to walk it off. Right, that's where those sayings come from. Wow, that's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, you've so far revealed to us, I mean, some of this stuff is not exactly new to me, but even just sitting here the past 45 minutes have been very revelational to me and they're going to cause me to go back and look at a few things, even though I'm already doing a fair amount of what you've shared. Uh, but I want to take this a little bit further. In fact, somebody who knew you were going to be on the Business Creators Radio Show wanted me to ask you this. Uh, you know, when it comes to planning things like we have a certain morning routine, we have a certain uh, evening routine, we eat our meals at a certain time. I guess I can count myself blessed. I don't have an immediate family here, so in my own living space, I can do whatever I want. Uh, I don't really watch TV, but if I did, I always have the remote, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, even for mm -hmm. someone like you, you know, you have you have a daughter who I believe is um, uh, you know entering adolescence. So you know, you know you've got a lot going on with her. You may have family near you. You have a very prosperous podiatry practice. Plus, you're coaching around yoga and Ayurveda, and you have the 34 minute shoes business. So you have three different careers, three different businesses going. Plus, uh, you know, a very intelligent, active daughter. Uh, how the heck do you deal with all the wrenches that could get thrown into your machinery? <laughs> you know, it's really about working my ideal schedule. So getting back more into the business side of things for a minute, um, I, I learned this from my business coach um, a couple years ago and just from reading different things that really struck a chord with me. But once I really got into the groove of what my ideal schedule is and what worked best for me, not what works best for most moms or for most business owners, um, that's when I really started getting a lot done. So for me, it was having a couple days um, of not seeing patients during the week so that I could work on my other businesses. And it was also about having um, hiring an assistant to help me with certain things around the house because like you said, that's a lot of things to be juggling and to try to also maintain a house and drive my daughter to school and all that kind of stuff. So finding the right people to help you and getting the right schedule that works for you and then incorporating all these things that we're talking about, about having a good sleep routine and eating right, all of those things together just make it work. 
I find myself that I get very drained by being on the telephone. Uh, I give Mondays and half of Fridays to client calls, so that way I can just stack them up back to back and be done with it. But I find even when I come on every Tuesday morning to do the Business Creators Radio Show, we go live at 9 a.m. Pacific Time Tuesday morning. So starting at 8.30, I do a meditation. I start clearing my mind and getting myself into the optimal mind frame to do the interview. Now, you may have noticed yourself when you went to businesscreatorsradioshow.com and you went through our guest application process and then you scheduled our interview, you noticed that it was a 90-minute time block. Part of that That's is it. It, part of that is in, cl- in case we have technical difficulties. I mean, we can always extend the show if we have to, if we have technical difficulties. Uh, the other reason is because I want an automatic 30 minutes after we're done to regroup myself. Oh, I like that. That's yeah, nice. I, I, I need that 30 minutes afterwards. Otherwise, it's like if I jump into another thing, it'll just drive me batty. Even when I stack my coaching and consulting calls on the Mondays and the Fridays, I have them designed in such a way where there's at least 15 minutes between each of them because I can't just jump right out of one call and on to another. I need to shift my brain and shift sometimes my physical space. I need to go to another room for the next call just to capture a different type of energy. Uh Here's another question that comes yeah. up when we, when we talk about this. We're getting into body types and energy and things like that. Uh, and we hear, we're going to go back to all these truisms we were taught. Uh, the early bird catches the worm. Now, fr- frankly, I don't want to eat any worms. But uh, this leads to a larger question is, is it better to arise early or is there something to be said for the night owl? I, I think you halfway answered that when you said that from 10 to 2 in the evenings are the optimal time to be asleep. But there are some folks out there who are just natural night owls and that's just when they get it done. And when they tried it the other way, it didn't work for them. Yeah, I mean, we definitely in Ayurveda stress going to bed early and waking up early. But I know what you're saying. There are some people that um, that have been on a different rhythm for a long time and their rhythm is set and they like to stay up a little bit later and get up a little bit later. And as long as they're not having issues sleeping, like they're up late because they can't sleep or as long as they're getting a basically an eight hour sleep period during the night, whether, you know, they're getting up a little later because they're staying up a little later. um, That's fine. We just want to make sure that they're getting enough sleep and they're, they're having a sound sleep because I know a lot of people that I've talked to that say they stay up till two or three in the morning because that's when they're the most creative or they get the most done, but then they're still getting up at seven or eight because they have kids. Now that's not going to work in the long run. They're going to end up getting too tired. They're going to end up getting stress and inflammation in their bodies and they're going to end up getting, um, getting sick eventually. So if you are staying up later, you still need to make sure you're getting a plenty of sleep. Okay, so there is a way around that if you're not doing the Ayurvedic ideal, which is you pay attention to other factors that will support you in that. Because I I know of a number of entrepreneurs. In fact, Armin Morin is famous for this, and he says this at his seminars all the time, that unless he's doing a speaking engagement or he has to do the webinar or something like that for his AM2 members, uh, his workday basically starts at 9 o'clock after his family goes to bed. Mm-hmm. And then he does it all night, and then he wakes up around noon or 1 o'clock and then gets into, into his day. And, uh, you know, you look at the guy, he's 
very calm, very healthy, uh, very fit physically, and seems like he's just a very happy guy. Yeah, so he's definitely um, taken that on of the part about getting up later because he knows he's going to bed later. When we find we get into trouble is the people that are going to bed later but still getting up early because okay. they're, they're working on sleep deprivation and that's just not going to work in the long run. Right, right. So really uh, what it comes down to is in the Ayurvedic model, ideally we want to be asleep between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. And, and you know what? It's not only the Ayurvedic model. Somebody else told me this, and they are not subscribers to Ayurveda at all. In fact, they didn't even know what it was when I mentioned the word to them. But they were told the exact same thing between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. If you can be asleep during those four hours, uh, regardless of what the other four hours of your sleep are, you're going to come out way ahead of the game. That's right. Okay, so we have about five minutes left here, and you have given us so much to think about. What I want to do is I want to turn this over for a couple of minutes. Uh, you came to me. Uh, you know, you're, you're a client of the Business Creators Institute. You and I participate in a mastermind together, and we know each other pretty well. And you have something pretty exciting going on right about now, actually. So tell us a little bit about that. I do. I have my book and I have my coaching program called Body Wisdom, 10 Weeks to Transformation so you can get and feel healthy again, which is a program where I coach a group of clients through the 10 habits of Ayurveda. We work on one habit a week and we get through, we get through each week and we have a very supportive group. Everyone's there helping each other out. Um, to bounce ideas off of each other, and it's a great way to to really make progress when you're in um, like-minded community with each other, just like a mastermind, but we're actually, you know, talking about our health instead of our businesses. Okay, wow. So 10 weeks, uh, one for each Ayurvedic practice. So we would be getting into things like the nutrition, uh, the energy, and how we use these things to our advantages. And, and I, I would imagine there's also a discovery process that goes through that because it's one of the underlying themes of our conversation almost this entire hour is that some of these factors are unique to the individual, that there's no one prescription that applies to everybody. That's right. So before we get started, I have a discovery session with everybody. Um, I do a free call which actually, um, if anyone here listening would like to have a free call with me, I have that available on my website. And my website is drmichelle.com. And if you click on the Work With Me page, there will be a link so that anyone that is interested in talking about these different things can, can um, sign up for a spot. Well, the good news is, and all of our listeners know this, that all guests on the Business Creators Radio Show have profiles on our website. So please feel free to connect with Dr. Michelle. You're going to find her to be uh, a very, in social media terms, friendly type person. Uh, you can go to her profile on Business Creators Radio Show, and you can find the link to drmichelle.com where you can get the, the news on the coaching program and everything else that she's doing, and also to her social profile. So I really encourage you to take a moment and do that as well. And I think that you'll be able to get a lot of um, great information as well. And I know as of as of press time, shall we speak, that your book is uh, pretty much near the final stages of development. We should be seeing that very soon. That's right. Oh, I can't, I can't wait. I've gotten little sneak peeks of it already because 
of some work we're doing together. And I got to tell you guys, when this comes out, I really would urge you to check it out as well. So uh, I'd just like to say, Dr. Michelle Summers Cologne, thank you so much for being with us here on the Business Creators Radio Show today, sharing with us about Ayurveda in the modern 24-7 world. This has been an experience, and for all of us, certainly an education. Thank you, Adam. It was really fun, and I was really honored to be here with you. All right. For everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes and experience our holistic, all-the-way-around 360 approach to helping you win at the game of business and marketing. So now as I begin my 30-minute recoup period, let me just say thank you very much. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.